the word of our Lord from the Old Testament book of Proverbs. Who can find a virtuous wife? For her worth is far above rubies. The heart of her husband safely trusts her, and so he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and willingly works with her hands. She is like the merchant ships. She brings her food from afar. She also rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and a portion for her maidservants. She considers a field and buys it. From her profit, she plants a vineyard. She girds herself with strength and strengthens her arms. She perceives that her merchandise is good and her lamp does not go out by night. She stretches out her hands to the distaff and her hand holds the spindle. She extends her hand to the poor and yes, she reaches out her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of snow for her household, for all of her household is clothed with scarlet. She makes tapestry for herself, and her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates, and when he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them, supplies sashes for the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and on her tongue is the law of kindness. She watches over the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful, and beauty is passing. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. The word of our Lord from the Gospel of John. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does this concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. And so his mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Father, we pray that you would bless the reading of your holy word. Bless it to our hearts. Bless it to our minds. May we hear you in these moments together. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oftentimes on Mother's Day, ideals and reality are compared. For many of us, perhaps even most, reality typically comes up short. I titled the sermon this morning, Eve, for a couple of things. Number one, I had no earthly idea what else to call it. And number two, I thought it was kind of clever. Eve, you remember the name Eve? Adam, in the Garden of Eden, gave Eve, the woman, up to that point, the name Eve. 
And he said, your name is Eve, for you are the mother of all living. And this morning, I want to tie motherhood to life. The two are obviously connected, but I want to tease out those two, those two ideas in this time that we have together. And so I thought, how fitting, the Hebrew name Eve, mother of all living. Proverbs 31 is a, a snapshot, a poetic um, explanation or description of what in the ancient Hebrew culture would have been the idealized woman, the perfect one. The fully and completely virtuous one. The one who could be called blessed. And the one because of whom her husband and her children could be called blessed. When we read, particularly on Mother's Day, Proverbs 31, 10 through 31, it's easy for us to think, wow, my mom wasn't quite like that. Or, wow. I don't get up that early and I'm certainly not making food for the whole household. They can grab a box of cereal. We read that ancient text and we read the ideals of the ancient world and the ideals particularly of the Hebrew culture and we get overwhelmed at the the work ethic of of what it what it took to live and what it took to raise a household. And keep in mind that a Hebrew household was not just mom, dad, and a couple of kids. It was perhaps mom, dad, and a bunch of kids, but also servants. It specifically mentions the servants and the maid servants and their children. And if you had boys, you hoped that they would grow up and would marry a sweet belle and bring her home with them. And they would have kids. When Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions, He's thinking in those contexts, adding on. Let's throw out another wing over here. Let's raise up another floor above this portion of the house. There's plenty of room. We can make room. But in Jesus' mother Mary, we find a lady who sees a need, who turns to her son, the Messiah, expresses that need. And even though he says, my time has not yet come, don't don't get me involved in this, mom. How many many of us, particularly guys, how many of us have have said that to, to mom before? Come on, mom, do I really have to get involved in this? But notice what Mary then says to the servants. Perhaps the most the most summarizing words in all of Scripture, do whatever He tells you. Whatever it is, whatever it takes, whatever works, do it. On this day in which we often find Ideals and reality comparing to one another and recognizing quite honestly that reality typically comes up short. We remember that not all of us are moms. 
although all of us have moms, that's one of the things that all of humanity has in common. We all came from someone, someone outside of ourselves. Some of us have terrific moms, while others of us might, well, not quite terrific. Among those of you who are moms, perhaps some of you feel inadequate. It's easy to get lost in the idealism of a day like Mother's Day. But Mother's Day is truly and really about real moms. That's why it's called Mother's Day. Not Motherhood Day. Not Mothering Day. It is about Mom's Day. It is a possessive noun. This is Mom's Day. It's about real moms. My mom, your mom, you who are moms. It's a day about honoring them. About honoring you. It's not a day about some idealized conception of motherhood or even the perfect mom. It's about the one called mom. We are broken people with bad experiences and hurt relationships. All of us, to some extent, have damages and faults, hurts and pains. As we mentioned last week, part of the beauty of being called into the the life of the church is that we are called together and God invites us together to come, to be His people, to be grafted into His family so that together we might be healed and so that together we might strengthen one another. And so what do we know about moms? To some extent, the ideas I want to share with you are ideals. So please feel free to measure yourself or even your own mother by them. Where you find yourself lacking, pray for and seek God's grace to be healed. This thing keeps creeping down. Woo. Again, where you find yourself lacking, pray for and seek God's grace to be healed. Where you find your own mom lacking, pray for and seek God's grace to forgive and offer healing to whatever extent is possible. I um, saw a professor, not from my seminary, but a seminary professor nonetheless, one that I, I follow and kind of stalk out online. I saw that he, he commented over the weekend that um, it's funny when you juxtapose, John, you like that word, when you, when you juxtapose Mother's Day and Father's Day, when you put those two ideals or, or two images alongside of each other, typically on Mother's Day we find that moms are affirmed and told how awesome they are and how wonderful they are. And, but on Father's Day it's like the pastor breaks out a bat 
old Lucille or something. You know, he's going to set folks straight and tell guys about how, how not good enough they are and whatnot. So, moms, I'm not going to... I'm not going to trash you or be mean or anything like that. I'm not going to do what I'm going to do to the guys on Father's Day. Sorry, guys. Just kidding. <laughs> but moms, these are some ideals, but also some realities. What we know about moms, they give life to their children. That's kind of a no-brainer, right? They are moms because they've given life to a child. But how amazing is that? They give life to their children. They are co-creators. That's crazy. Moms are invited into the creative work of God. I mean, dads, it's kind of an unfair advantage. I mean... Yes, we're a part of that, but they carry children in their wombs and nourish them. Give them life. What a wonderful and beautiful thing. Guys, did you know that newborn babies, we're talking about moments out of the womb, If they're not helped, they will figure out a way to shimmy and move and push and crawl to get up to their moms for nourishment. That's wild. I I remember a few years ago, Lindsay and I were driving down the road talking about this. And when she said it, I I might have even pulled over. I can be a bit outlandish sometimes. I might have even pulled over and said, what? That's crazy. But what that that says to me as a dad kind of on the outside looking in is that baby knows his mama. He knows who has given him life. He knows who has carried him. They give life to their children. Not only do they give their children life, moms also shape their children's lives. They are models for their children. And not only that, they're models also for their children's friends. The friends in the neighborhood, the friends on the ball team, the friends from school, they see mom. And sometimes they call mom, who isn't their mom, mom, as though that mom were their mom. Because what they see in mom is one who is modeling. Modeling life, modeling virtue, modeling self-givingness. Last night was Saturday night and I'm still suspicious if my parents are sneaking behind my back and are having all of my friends over for a cookout every Saturday night because that was what mom and dad did every single weekend growing up 
not not every single weekend growing up, but from the time I was probably 12 or 13 on through college and even after college, we're talking 30, 40 folks at the house some weekends. Even during summer when, you know, folks are supposed to be on break from college, the folks that were hanging around who had gotten an apartment, they're over at mom and dad's house. I enjoyed it. I got to eat a couple of burgers every every Saturday night. Jeremy remembers those burgers. Lindsay remembers those burgers. My dad used to baste them in barbecue sauce, and Lindsay is not a barbecue sauce fan. Jeremy really liked them. Chris Williams, some of you know that name, met Jamie Williams in that context. A youth, not outing, but inning at my folks' house. He's poured his life and Jamie has poured her life into our kids for years. Not just my kids, but your kids for years at youth camp. Moms shape their children's lives. See, being a mom is far more involved than simply passing on genetics. That's wild and that's miraculous. But being a mom is also about the day in and day out. The give and take, the tug and pull of life. This is the way that God has chosen for life to work. Life works by others, by the influence that they have on me, by the influence I have on them. For good and for ill. In blessings and in curses. Moms shape their children's lives. They invest. They pour and they give of themselves. And in doing so, they shape the character and the virtue and the futures of their children. Moms give their children life. Moms shape their children's lives. And moms risk their own lives. They risk their own lives. For whom? You're absolutely right. For their children. Forget the idea of damsels in distress. Moms are more like warriors. They know how to fight. They know how to sacrifice. They know how to give of themselves. They know how to bear their necks. I'm still amazed at the riskiness of the act of giving birth. You know, life is always risky. Moms live a life of self-sacrifice, of self-surrender. They endure riskiness throughout life. I always pick on Lindsay. Normally when she's sick, 
Everyone else in the house can be sick. But the baby, if the baby's still nursing, is not sick. Lindsay can be the, the worst one hit. Hit the worst. The immune system is, is just drained and because of that leachy child. Because that child's immune system is being built up and strengthened. But moms are used to living life on the edge. They're used to giving of themselves, to pushing themselves to the limit, to the max. They give their children life. They shape their children's lives. And they go even further. They risk their own lives. And this sort of love... It may seem natural, but it's really supernatural because its origin is somewhere else. What is the origin of this ideal love, this love that gives of self, this love that surrenders self, this love that pours out self for the sake of another? The question really is not what is the origin, but who is the origin? The origin is found in God. He does not just model love for us. He is the one in whom we have found love. He is the one through whom we know what love is and how it ought to be defined. And our response, the response of you mothers among us, the response of each and every one of us who has a mother, our response ought to be to hear the words of Jesus' own mother Mary when she says, do whatever He tells you. Whatever he says, be sure to do it. Let's pray.